Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Welcome back to another episode of Sexology podcast. In the spirit of giving and holiday, next couple episodes, we're going to focus on how to receive pleasure and give pleasure. Today, we are in for a real treat as we welcome the incredible Dr. Tara, a renowned sex and relationship coach, author, and the brilliant host of immensely popular podcast, Love Bites by Dr. Tara. As a leading expert in all things related to sex, Dr. Tara brings unparalleled insight and clarity to topics surrounding sexual health and communication, making her to go source for numerous media outlets, including Cosmo and Women's Health. In this episode, get ready to be captivated as we dive deep into the intriguing world of uni massage. Dr. Tara will shed light on the origins and principles of this unique form of massage and how it sets itself apart from traditional techniques. Living in a society where individuals with vulva often face negative perceptions of their own bodies, will explore how uni massage can help reshape these perceptions and promote self-acceptance. Dr. Tara will delve into the immense benefits of uni massage, including its ability to boost sexual confidence, cultivate mindfulness, and ultimately enhance real-life relationships. When it comes to uni massage, effective communication and mutual trust are paramount, especially when dealing with trauma or sensitive areas. But fear not, Dr. Tara will expertly guide us to establishing this vital communication and trust. Get ready to explore the enticing array of touches and strokes that can be experimented with during a uni massage. And for those of you who are eager to embark on this journey for the first time, Dr. Tara will generously share her top tips to guarantee a deeply fulfilling and enriching experience. But wait, there's more. I've been receiving tons of email requesting recommendation for sexual health products and holiday gifts. So I've curated a list of my absolute favorite products that you can get anytime for your lover or for holiday gift. You can find this exciting list in the show notes. So sit back, relax, and get ready for an enlightening and captivating conversation with amazing Dr. Tara. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Tara from Love Bites. Dr. Tara, welcome to our show. Hello, Dr. Nuts. Thanks for having me. I am very excited about this conversation. I was just sharing with you how much I love your Instagram. It's full of fun content and informative and you've just been on a TV show. So I'm excited to share you with our listeners. This gem that one of my friends discovered for me. I'm so honored to be here because I know that this podcast is, you know, highly educational, but also entertaining. And, you know, you're breaking like all the taboos and knowing that you're also another like immigrant woman. I'm just really excited to like talk more and collaborate more. Well, thank you. Thank you. So today we're going to talk about uni massage for our listeners that they are not familiar with it. Tell us more about what does it entail, where it's coming from. Okay, like the short version is, it's a pussy massage where you just receive. 
<laughs> oh, I already love it. <laughs> I have a short version and academic version. But the short version is, it's a positive massage where you only receive. <laughs> not expected to give anything in return. <laughs> What's not to love there? <laughs> exactly. I, I'm a big fan. And I think you discovered the men's health article that I did, right, about your massage. I'm a big fan and it's one of my personal favorites in terms of contributing to my overall like sexual well-being. So I'm excited to be here to talk about it. Now, the more explanation of yoni massage. So what is a yoni massage and kind of like where it came from is yoni, it's the word is Sanskrit. And it means sacred space. But what it is, is it's the entire genital area. Sometimes you'll see an article that says it's the vulva, it's the vagina, it's everything. It's the whole vulva, the vagina, the uterus, the whole like female reproductive system. We say yoni and that's like the whole part. And now the yoni massage is attached to the idea of Tantra and like tantric massage and tantric sex. We can't possibly talk about Tantra in 40 minutes. It's like a whole university course on Tantra. But what we can say is that it is attached to Hinduism and Buddhism and it's thousands of years old. It's over 5,000 years old. And it's basically an Eastern philosophy that teaches you way of thinking, a way of living, different practices, different beliefs. So for me, when I discovered yoni massage, it was attached to tantric massage. When you look into the Western world, like adoption of this idea, it's pretty recent. Back, you can trace it back to like the 60s with like the free love movement. But also the 80s, which is when there was like a Western tantric massage kind of like school. For me, I think tantric massage overall, which is massaging for like energetic release to experience sensuality and also to build sexual connection is a beautiful practice. And I think whether or not it's the original tantra, which is, you know, this 5,000 years old practice. Or it's the Neo-Tantra, which is the more westernized version of the understanding of Tantra. Either way, I think it's beautiful. And as like a sexual communication professor, I feel yoni massages allow women to surrender, rest in the feminine, understand their body and pleasure systems better. And then allows them to feel more sexually confident. So that's like about yoni massage. And what it is, is massaging the whole area, like the vulva, the vagina, the labia, the inside as well, the G spot. So that's the yoni massage. You know, when I was thinking about yoni massage based on I haven't studied it, that the things I've seen, I thought it's only vulva massage, but it kind of makes sense that it's a whole system celebration of women's kind of like, productive system in a way, which is beautiful. I know that it's many women, they're so uncomfortable about the shape of their vulva, like they are in a way kind of hiding it. They worried about the smell, all of that. And it seems like this can be a great opportunity for them to 
be comfortable with it and celebrate it. Tell us more about how we can use it as a way of building confidence. Yes, for me, it really helped me surrender my shame and embrace my body the way she is. How it can help you is because yoni massages is not about orgasm. It's not about reciprocation. It's just about surrendering and receiving. I think starting off with that kind of attitude, it's already like, wow, I am here to do nothing and just to receive and to honor my body, to celebrate my body and the sensations. So I think to start off, like it, this type of massage, like yoni massage, it already allows you to get into that mindset more than other sexual practices where reciprocity is expected. You know, whenever we talk about more mainstream sexual acts like oral sex or different positions or even like BDSM, like there's a lot of reciprocity being expected. So to me, when there's no reciprocity and I'm just here to receive, I think that first part is already empowering. Like, wow, I have to have enough sexual self-esteem to lay here, open my legs and only receive. So when you engage in a practice like this, I think it subconsciously increases your sexual self-esteem over time. Now, not a one, not like a one-time thing, right? Like nothing in the like Eastern philosophy practices is going to be a one-time thing because it's not like taking a pill. But for me, it over, actually not a long period of time, like a month of like trying it four times, I already felt like the fourth time I tried, it was very easy. I lay down, open my legs. I just, I just said, come here, baby. <laughs> and he's like, it. okay, I'm coming. He has long hair, so he has to like put it in a ponytail. <laughs> coming, ready for work. Yeah, ready. I'm ready. It's the first time awkward, second time better, third time pretty comfortable, fourth time excited. So for me, it helped me, one, surrender because it's embedded in the practice that I don't have to give. Two, it helps me feel more sexual self-esteem because I am receiving pleasure and I'm allowing this person to see my vulva and vagina so closely. And then I would say number three, the way it builds my confidence is the fact that I'm communicating. The first time I wasn't super clear. I kind of just wanted him to feel around and and, you know, like feel the vulva, feel the labia. And I, I, I'm just like, just, just do it, like whatever. And then he just tried touching different areas and, you know, he's not sure if it's good. So he's asking me for some feedback. But then what I realized is when you are with a partner who is pretty good at sexual communication, they will then ask you for feedback. And that allows me to say, mm, I think like a little bit more pressure go in a little bit more, giving like pretty micro feedback in order to improve the experience, then that I think that boosts my sexual confidence a lot. Because after I said all the things, I'm like, oh, so I do know how to say these things. Like I do know how to communicate to get what I want. 
So all of those three aspects that I just talked about are for me like ways that yoni massages can contribute to a much more sexual confidence in the bedroom and in your sex life. I love everything that you said. I think there is this idea that is just at least in a heterosexual cisgender women is just like so difficult for them to truly receive. Right. Kind of thinking about ever since they're young, like they're used to giving and giving and they're just like even unconscious, subconsciously, they don't think that they, they deserve the pleasure or they, as you know, many people say women's orgasm is difficult. So we're just kind of thinking about it's, it's great if you achieve pleasure, but it's not front and center. So it sounds like with uni massage, it is almost opposite of that. And kind of this beauty of being seen, truly seen, you're not trying to hide it or rush through kind of like the process. I think it's very, very beautiful. And the third thing that you talked about, which is really good, is sexual communication. I think many people, even if you're a super communicator outside the bedroom, you don't know how to communicate, like give direction, instructions, redirect your partner. And I know that's what you teach. So tell us more about what are some of the toolbox that we need, the tools that we need to have in our toolbox to communicate with our partner? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I teach sexual communication at Cal State University and it's a 16-week college class. So, <laughs> so let me boil it down. So sexual communication, here's, here's a tool for everyone listening. When you think of sexual communication, you can think of it in two ways, two facets of sexual communication macro and micro. Macro sexual communication is communicating about sex. And that can look like different things. First, it can look like a monthly sexy check-in. How do you feel about our sex life this last month? How would you rate your sex life this last two weeks? I know we've been like pretty stressed out about buying a new home. How do you feel sexually? Hey, babe, like we just had a baby. So I'm just going to be honest with you. I haven't been feeling good about my body lately. Can we talk about how we can come up with different solutions for our sex life? So talking about sex, it's its own category. And that's the macro. It's a bird's eye view because it's about our sex life in general. It can also include like the likes and dislikes or maybe something you want to explore in the future. Recently, I've met a lot of people here in LA that just went to a sex party. And that's something that a lot of my clients or like students ask, like, how can I even bring that up to my partner? And I said, this is a part of the macro communication. And there's no shortcut. The first time will be awkward for most people, 99%. The first time for me was awkward as well. And sexual communication is a skill. So the more you do it, the better you get. Think of the first time you try to ride a bike. You weren't good, right? Most people weren't good. Or the first time you try to swim. And then uh, maybe you fell, maybe you hurt yourself, maybe you felt like hesitant to go again. All the same feelings. But then now you could probably ride a bike everywhere. Maybe you're not, you know, getting Olympics medal for riding a bike, but we can ride a bike. We can get to places. So I, I tell people all the time, like with macro sexual communication and micro, it's a skill. 
So at the beginning, it will be slightly tumultuous. It will be slightly awkward. It will be, you know, a little scary. And then the more you do it, the more you get comfortable. So with the macro, I always recommend people talking about this like once a month, if not more. If you have difficulty, like if it's so scary and you're so anxious doing this, you can always reach out to a sex therapist. Right, Dr. Naz? <laughs> to help navigate this kind of conversation or couples therapist. But I have, I have a little bit of reservation when it comes to couples therapists because I've met quite many couples therapists that insert their own values into the practice. Because I know a couple, my friend, who's monogamish, but went to this like traditional couples therapist and they were like, well, maybe you should try like this and that. Like maybe you shouldn't, you know, open up your relationship or like maybe it's hard because you open your relationship versus like trying to understand them as who they are. So that's a whole different category for me in terms of like traditional therapists in general. But back to sexual communication. So do you feel like macro sexual communication makes so much sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Micro sexual communication is communication before, during, and after sex. So before it could be a part of foreplay, during it's a part of feedback or dirty talk, and then after is aftercare. And these are the basically the phrases that you say, the interactions that are during sex. And micro-sexual communication, for some people, they rely heavily on nonverbals. Some people are verbal, verbal and some people are more nonverbal. I'm pretty verbal. Like, I like saying things. Me too. Yeah, right? Do you, do you like dirty talk? Oh, I love dirty talk. <laughs> you like giving and receiving or just one? Well, I prefer receiving all around, but I can be generous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like giving my partner doesn't say as many dirty things as me. So he like, he enjoys receiving. But yeah, I like dirty talk. And then afterwards, like pillow talk during aftercare, all of those things are micro sexual communication. So if you're thinking about improving your like sexual communication skills, you can think about it in terms of two facets and like think of like maybe where you can start asking the questions or start talking. Such a wonderful overview of sexual communication that people can use as, as something that they can do ongoing and also be more proactive during sexual experiences. And I think in the middle of like doing a behavior, it's just hard to give and receive for so many people. Like one of my friends, like making this joke of like the partner was doing a, a kind of DJ set on, on her pussy. And she was like, you know, he was going so fast. And as soon as I said like, it's not working for me. He got offended. People get re feel rejected. So in the middle, how can we give feedback that doesn't stop the show, but also redirect our partner? I think you already said it, redirect. So instead of giving a negative feedback of why the current act isn't, ma isn't making you feel good, just give an alternative, like altogether. For example, if this person is really bad, fingering you or massaging your vulva, give an alternative like, hey, babe, come suck my nipples, right? Because in a sexual encounter, 
you don't want to have macro sexual communication. Whenever you're giving feedback of like, here are the things I want you to do more. Here are the things I want you to do less. It's best to not do it during sex. When we are having sex, there's different hormones that are being released. There's different ways people attach their emotions to that sex. So we don't want to give any criticism during sex. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is they immediately want to give criticism during sex or right after. And like, no, 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 not a good time. Have it over coffee. <laughs> Have it on a hike. Like when, when it's a non-sexual context. But during sex, if you don't like something, give them an alternative. People usually are eager to please. So if you give them an alternative, like, oh, baby, come suck my nipples, then they will come suck your nipples. I like that because I think sometimes giving kind of like a redirection of the doing the same behavior could be challenging. Even with clients that they say, you know, my partner goes to overcorrecting and then the dynamic gets weird. But I love that you're saying that maybe invite them to do something else that, you know, both find enjoyable and pleasurable. What if for women that are very self-aware of their union, that they feel like I'm not comfortable being seen, Right, like be, before even doing the uni massage, what are some of the rituals that you invite them to do to become friends with their bodies? Oh, I love this question because I also was once very, and this is a strong word, like disgusted by my vulva and vagina and like everything about it. And I worked really hard to overcome that and also maintain a positive feeling about my yoni. I think during a yoni massage too, because your partner is so close to your vulva, it can trigger pretty intense insecurity, right? Usually like if you have penetrative sex, like their face is far away from your vulva. But when you do yoni massage or oral, like their face is right there. So I think it triggers a different type of insecurity that maybe like with other things we don't have. So for me, preparing myself mentally and physically for a yoni massage is to do sexual meditation. And I'm a big fan of sexual meditation. I talk about it pretty often. It's similar to a regular meditation practice, but you focus on sexual thoughts, feelings, and sensations in your body. I do it daily. So it kind of helps me maintain like an overall good feeling about myself and my sexuality. And I don't do it long. Like I do a five minute one or a 10 minute one. And that's also like, it's all free on my YouTube channel. If anyone wants to get like free guided sexual meditation, but you can also do it by yourself quietly by sitting down quietly, taking deep breaths and maybe thinking about your vulva and your vagina as this beautiful thing that you love and you enjoy, that you appreciate, perhaps verbalize those. You know, I love my vulva. I love my vagina. I appreciate my uterus. You know, saying these things, I mean, positive psychology, right? Over time, it will help you feel overall better about yourself, your body and your sexuality. But particularly for yoni massages, I think sexual meditation is a great way to prepare. 
what a beautiful concept. I haven't heard or thought about sexual med- meditation, but it makes so much sense. And it's, I can imagine when people start, maybe it's like a mindfulness, they will have some negative thoughts, but then you're directing, redirecting your mind. But I think overall, it helps people to get oriented to these activities they're engaging in, which is very, very powerful. And as we mentioned, it can help with sexual self-esteem, which is great. So I hear that it is, a, it's like everybody's different as far as the strokes, how to start, all of that. But for people that are very into instructions, <laughs> they feel overwhelmed. Is that you? Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> One of our friends. He's <laughs> a man of our friends. He's a manual. Okay. Oh, What's your okay. zodiac sign? Leo. Oh, love that. You, oh, you feel like a Leo. Well, thank you. What about you? I'm a Virgo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I definitely like instructions. <laughs> All right. I'm very organized, as you can tell by this interview. I always go, <laughs> here are two ways. Here are three ways. One, two, I three. I love it. Bullet points. Yes. So some instructions. Here are like the basics I think is good to start with. First off, massaging the pubic area, maybe warming your fingers by like maybe blowing hot air, rubbing the fingers together, and then massaging the pubic area and that lower tummy area before you go any further. And then second step, I would then move towards like the vulva and massaging the vulva, like the lips. And then when the person's ready, and you can always ask for feedback, like, how's that feeling? Do you want deeper pressure? Should I move forward? And then I would say massaging the clitoris in a circular motion. But what I want to take note of is that with yoni massages, it's all about the receiver feeling their bodies and energetically reconnecting with their sexuality without the goal of orgasm. So when the giver is massaging your clitoris, try not to be frustrated that you're not coming because that's not the point. However, you can come if it hits towards there. I sometimes do come from that massage. So feels good. But if not, it also feels good. And then lastly, if you want, you can enter and start kind of the fingering motion with two fingers. But again, not trying to come. Just massaging the top part within the vagina or aka like the G-spot. And then it's just massaging that area in circular motion over and over. Overall, just to feel things and to feel good about ourselves. I love it. I love that the goal is not necessarily climaxing. It's about exploration. It, it's almost sound like an orientation kind of class that everyone needs to take before right. having this intercourse. Uh, I, so <laughs> I thought so too. There is some controversy around this, actually, because there is a company that I did, was thinking that. Yeah, that did orgasmic meditation, which is like a 15 minute practice. It's not meditation, 15 minute practice of the giver giving the woman basically a yoni massage and then finger her until she comes. But, you know, there's a lot of controversy around that company and the retreats that they put together and the people that practice it. So I think when people hear the concept of yoni massage, sometimes they will link it to that, 
you know, scandal and might be hesitant thinking that it's like a scam or something. But no, it's not necessarily linked to that company at all. It's 5,000 years old. (laughs) So, you know, you can adopt it into your sexual repertoire. Absolutely. And you read my mind. I was thinking about how similar there are similarities between the practices. It's funny that first time I heard about it, I was at Postdoc, one of my dear friends, he's he's been in sexuality field for years. And he he was doing like the massages with the company and stuff. And he showed me the video. And the idea of a woman only receiving was so wild for me back there. I was like, okay, and then they turned yeah. to give. <laughs> and he said, no, they, that's not far <laughs> Well, especially us from like more collectivistic cultures where there's like clear gender roles of women being givers and caretakers. Like for me, being an Asian woman, like when you were born, you were expected to one, be nice, and then two, take care of your husband. And yes, the, the in the modern world, it's changing for sure. But there's it's still like kind of embedded in us like be when you're a woman you want to make sure you take care of others and their needs so of course like i mean the first time that i was okay with coming without my partner coming was so liberating cuz every time i used to always want my partner to come and if they don't i feel bad but now i'm like okay not your time bye <laughs> <laughs> And it's not about being selfish because he also is like, hey, babe, like not tonight. That's fine. And it's completely fine. Like bodies are pretty complex and each day is different. Some days are more stressful than others. Some days, you know, you worked out too hard at the gym. Some days we ate too much. Whatever it is, like whenever we take pressure off of orgasming, it's always good. I love that. I think like it also fosters a more honest communication. I know many women that they want to kind of like they're tired for a number of reasons they're done with kind of engaging and they fake orgasms because like you know it's a way of communicating i'm done but i love the idea of everyone focusing on their own pleasure and kind of advocating for it so i think that's that's so beautiful for people to give permission do you have a lot of women clients i have well, actually have more men <laughs> oh yeah because I, I was wondering too like are a lot of women going to see sex therapists because they like can't orgasm? Like, is that still a big trend? Great point. You know, what's interesting is that men, again, very generalizing, but when men are struggling with sexual challenges, they go right away, invest in it, look look for a therapist. Like, I, yeah. they want to fix it. But with women, I have few of them that coming for challenges they have, most of them, they're coming, if they're coming, it's because in the re- context of relationship, their partner wants them to come or their partner wants more sex. So I hope that this is changing, but I, I want women to have more kind of sense of agency that like I deserve pleasure. I want to do it. But with men, like if there's any erectile challenges, second month, they are in our offices. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. And that's the majority. It's either I want to open up my relationship or like I want to have sex with other people or the my dick doesn't work. Yeah. And like, I, and I'm glad that they're asking for help and utilizing it. I hope that cisgender women also start advocating for their pleasure and maybe they can start with uni massage. 
So anything else that you want our listeners to know before we close this episode? Okay. So when it comes to yoni massages, first off, I know that a lot of listeners, especially for, you know, a very intellectual podcast like this, they're probably go-getters. So when they try something the first time, probably try to make it perfect and, you know, amazing. I would say be a little bit more flexible and have a playful attitude when you approach yoni massage for the first time. Maybe it doesn't feel as incredible as other practitioners describe. Maybe you have trouble giving feedback. Maybe your partner is having trouble giving it to you. That's okay. You know, it's taking it slow and laughing through it. I think it's a good attitude towards yoni massages. Another thing that I often like to leave like a podcast interview with is how important sexual communication is within your relationship. And I want you to think of it this way. There is no sexual liberation without sexual communication. So it is very hard for women like us to become, quote unquote, sexually liberated if we can't talk about things. So I would say the very first thing to start doing in our lives a little bit more often is talking about sex. I love that. And kind of like knowing what, what something else that you mentioned that was amazing was that it's a skill. You can cultivate it, practice it and work on it. So for our listeners that they want to get more from your information, from your content, like because I personally love your content and you do so much as far as education, consulting. So how can people get a hold of you? Yes, you can go to my website. That's lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. So my website, lovebites.co has everything. You can see my Instagram and TikTok, which is where like I put a lot of this like positive sex education content on. And you can also look at like my coaching, my ebook on the website. So that's lovebites.co. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on for our listeners. We might have something exciting coming your way with Dr. Tara. So we'll keep you posted. (laughs) That's right. I'm so excited about that. Soon, near in the future collab. Yes, yes. It's going to be so good. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being so generous with the information. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. We had another conversation on pussy worshipping, which was similar to uni massage. And it's amazing how many benefits this practices brings to people of all genders and all partners from boosting sexual confidence to nurturing the relationship. It's just not about transforming your intimate life, but also enhancing your relationship with yourself and your partner. And don't forget to check out the list of my favorite sexual health products and gifts that you can give your partner for holiday season. And please let me know about some of your recommendations. Whenever I do holiday gifts that I love it when I hear people's perspective and experiences of them with other products that I have not heard about before. So I'm looking forward to get those emails. Until next time, embrace your power and keep exploring. Thanks for listening to the Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help 
from a licensed mental health provider.